Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. This is a special rare blue moon episode. We have a blue moon tonight. It's Wednesday, August 30th, and it's 2023. And a blue moon is when a full moon happens twice in a month. And this is a super moon because it's super close to the earth. So it's a super rare blue moon happening tonight. And it really caught my attention because there's been a lot of blue in the news and kind of like in the air right now. We had some fires recently in uh, Hawaii, some really serious fires. And there's been so much skeptical information that's been put out about it where we just don't see that we're getting the full story at all. It has all the patterns and sounds of a psyop. Unfortunately, people have been hurt and some horrific things have happened. But one of the weird things that we've been hearing about is some kind of like blue laser that kind of could have come through and like burnt down and destroyed all these things, but not touched anything blue. And it really caught my attention because I do believe that some direct energy weapons could have been used in Hawaii. I don't know for certain. I wasn't there. It doesn't seem like we're getting the straight story at all when you look at it. But when I saw that this little thread about some blue laser that could burn through everything but blue things and that everyone was sharing the same video of it, literally like the same video that looked like it was made in the 1980s, like as proof that this laser exists and it doesn't burn blue things. And then I looked at the proof from Maui and it was like pictures of the streets in Lahaina that had like one blue car still there and like a man with a blue shirt standing next to it in like a blue bag on the side of the road. And these were the surviving things and everything else was charred. And it just looks so suspicious to me. I, I, I had to question that. And then when I heard that we had this blue moon tonight, I had to question it even further. And all, all the blue symbolism that you're seeing coming out of the Maui thing, even like the blue, um, like people are using this clip of some blue umbrellas that were left behind. And it just seems like, so fabricated because another piece of evidence that was given is that people like Oprah Winfrey's house didn't burn down in Maui because it was blue or something or it had the right color. And I just don't buy that. I, I really think that there are, there's what actually happened in a PSYOP. Um, things actually happen. The Many people's homes burnt down, huge portions of the island burnt down. This happened. How it happened, I don't really think we're ever going to know the full story. Probably a combination of arson, very likely direct energy weapons. We know these are possible. Like, it's not a PSYOP. These exist. And there were videos that were put out that showed this kind of activity. We also had a hurricane that blew in. Hurricanes, you know, could be modified by uh, systems like HARP or... Um, even direct energy can be used. There were theories that before the 9-11 incident that Hurricane Aaron was was literally predicted to hit New York City that day and never showed up. But some people believe in a theory that these hurricanes can be used in with direct energy weapons to power them. So we had a hurricane. We had probably arson that was going on. Like the sirens didn't go off in Maui. Like the kids weren't in school that day. Like so many weird things happen. Like the the man, the police chief in charge of the situation was the same police chief that was in charge of the Las Vegas massacre. Like it's clearly got the, all the patterns of a psyop. But then just like, you know, sound of freedom being a psyop, which is really hard for people to understand because trafficking is a real issue. 
um, these things are real. Like this incident in Hawaii is real, but what they're doing is they're going to take what sinisterly has been done and bury it with clown spiracy, like a blue laser that supposedly the only proof we have is some video that everybody's sharing from the eighties and like a picture of a surviving blue car. And ironically, a man wearing a blue shirt next to it in a blue bag on the side of the road. I'm questioning all this stuff because it just doesn't seem like enough proof for me. It looks more like breadcrumbs placed in the echo chamber for us to be tricked into sharing as proof or like what the story is or like we're uncovering something. But what if that's what they're giving us so that we'll share that to bury the actual truth? And then when we do want to talk about things like the arson that happened or how the sirens are off, or isn't it weird that the same police chief from the Las Vegas massacre is connected now in Maui, nobody wants to listen because they've now got all these reports online and in the news that conspiracy theorists are talking about some blue laser that they can debunk. So all of this blue stuff lately made me really think about this whole summer and what's been going on with this sea of information that's been given to us. And when you look back at the beginning of the summer, we had the Titan go down. So on the summer solstice, right around that, we had the ocean gate opened, essentially. And then this Hawaii stuff, the fires and the blue stuff happened during the Lion's Gate 8-8 that was opened up. And then we have this super blue moon going on. When will this ritual close? Probably 9-23. That's the equinox. And I've had people sending me some videos and some information about certain, you know, stuff predicting that something will happen on 9-23. And that's not really that strange because anytime we have a solstice and you have like that weird alignment with the planets and the stars, that's really when occultists want to do their work. But so I was just kind of like, you know, I see these videos people send me. I'm like, okay, yeah, not a big, I'm sure that, yeah, whatever. They're talking about something happening on 9-23. They're always talking about something. But when you look at this whole summer together, we had a rocket that went off um, into space, a Falcon 9 rocket. Elon Musk's SpaceX company sent this into the sky on June 23rd, a couple days after the Titan went down. So we had the Titan go down right about the solstice. Ocean Gate opens because it was called Ocean Gate, right? And company. Then we had the Falcon 9 rocket shoot off into the sky a couple days later. And we know I've talked a lot about how these rockets are giant obelisks, and when they shoot to the moon, is this just a sex magic ritual, like a Babylon working, where um, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard got together in the middle of the desert, performed a sex magic ritual that was literally like, you know, to the moon, a phallus to the moon, sex magic, okay. Um, and then when we have this blue moon put into perspective with a rocket going off at the beginning of the summer, that could, is that, again, another thing linking this together as a ritual. So what is a ritual? A ritual is a ceremony which the actions and wording follow a prescribed form and order, kind of like a script that actors get. The script has words and they're giving the actions to the actors. I'm starting to think that a lot of these rituals that are going on aren't so much abracadabra magic like we've been taught with a magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat, but rather scripted narratives to take our consciousness and steer us on a smokescreen ride to hide the truth forever, to bury the truth, and to make anybody who talks about it sound crazy. Oh, and more than that, they're also mind programming us through it all. And I really think that mind programming is actually the ultimate goal of these rituals. So 
We have the Titan submarine sinking in June, which opens the Ocean Gate. Then we have the Falcon 9 Elon Musk. And Elon is like L, cult of L. That's Saturn worship. And then the largest moon outside of Saturn is called the Titan moon. And the Titans represent the underworld, like Tartarus. So it's like opening up kind of like a portal to the to the underworld. And this is biblical. This is all in Revelation. We have this rocket that shoots to the moon, which is like a sex magic ritual. And then we have the super blue moon at the end of the summer. Well, in Greek mythology, the underworld is also home to Tartarus, the subterranean realm of the Titans and the Nephilim. So two of the people that were on the Titan, two of the billionaires that sank, one of them was this Pakistani billionaire, and he was into extraterrestrial research with his companies. And then another um, billionaire from Britain even like went to space with Jeff Bezos. Like he was an edge of the world um, explorer. He's part of this explorers club and he'd been to Antarctica and the Arctic circle. So these guys went to the edges of the earth. It's no coincidence. Okay. Before we dive into the whole scenario here, pun intended, by the way, on dive, I want to talk about some blue symbolism and kind of like what I mean, when I say how this can all get to our head, kind of programming us or like a mind virus. So I started thinking about the blue moon. And then I'm like thinking about blue bloods. What has blue blue blood? Well, the Illuminati or like the blue bloods that might be um, <clears throat> connected to hybrids or aliens and reptilians and reptiles and spiders. And then I think of Spider-Man. Oh, he's a blue blood and his costume is blue. I remember that blue steel face that Trump made last week. And in fact, when I saw the blue steel mugshot, that was just part of all of this. I'm like, this looks like Zoolander and it's called blue steel. And you think about the whole election fraud agenda that's being or narrative um, that's going around. We don't really know what's going on there, but Trump was sure making a blue steel face. Think of blue tooth technology, blue chips, blue rays, these blue lasers that are going around. We've got the blue diamond from the Titanic that's called the heart of the ocean that there's supposedly a theory that there's like, you know, like Thanos hand in that Marvel movie and he has all the gems that go into it to make it work. Well, there's like a blue diamond on there and you think of the blue diamond in the Titanic. Uh, blue Hawaiian liquor, blue suede shoes, the devil with the blue dress on. This is a big one. The All of the main um, heroines in Disney, like Belle had a blue dress. Alice, Alice in Wonderland had a blue dress. Cinderella had a blue dress. Monica Lewinsky wore a blue dress. This is when you start seeing all these patterns. This is not, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in mind programming and color programming was taught to us when we were little kids, if you really think about it. And okay, but back to this blue stuff. We even had Elsa from Frozen wearing a blue dress. There's a new movie that just came out, a new Marvel movie, movie called The Blue Beetle that literally came out this summer about a superhero that um, melds or merges with a blue beetle. And when it happens, it looks like black goo and uh, just takes him over and turns him into this. And that ties right into this like graphene oxide theory. 
But blue devils is another blue symbolic thing. And a blue devil is a period of depression, melancholy, or despondence. And it can also be an acute attack of delirium resulting from withdrawal or abstinence from alcohol after excessive prolonged use, especially with alcoholics. And of course, we've got the blues, the blues music, or people feeling sad. Are these all just blues clues leading us where? In that figure eight, like the lion's gate, just in a never ending circle where you never have any answers, but you see all these things all over and you're tying information together, but you're never getting a full answer, like a limited hangout. You're getting a big part of the story, but they're still handling it. Like, okay, we learned about these blue lasers. So what? What's this do for us besides allow the fact checkers to censor our information if we talk about it and then nobody wants to listen at all? But it's all this chaos, the frequency of the blue, of the blue ritual. In the Masonic system, there is a ritual called the Jacob's Ladder or like Stairway to Heaven. And that's considered the 13th pillar. And by the way, Princess Diana died hitting the 13th pillar. Well, the Masons have their black and white checkerboard floor on the foundation, built like on the foundation of good and evil and also known as darkness to light. This is one of the false awakenings is that darkness to light awakening. In the Masonic lodges, you have a blue lodge and you have a red lodge. And that's going to make more sense here in a little bit because this is all part of the ritual. Well, in reason why I have the blue and the red is you have these two pillars representing duality. And this also ties to why we had two towers, the twin towers go down on 9-11. This is Joaquin and Boaz, the two towers, the red and the blue towers of the Masonic Lodge. And this ties to the Jacob's Ladder. So these pillars, one's red and one's blue. And these are, I guess, symbolism of the colors in Solomon's temple. But most importantly, red and blue represents the Hegelian dialectic. And that is where you have the illusion of choice, where you have two seemingly different options like red or blue, Republican or Democrat. And you think you are picking your side, but actually they both lead to a predetermined outcome. And these colors are implemented into political parties for this specific reason to control people. I talk about this a lot, but if you have like um, 100 people, it's a lot easier to control two groups of 50 that are fighting against each other. And you can just sit back and watch um, rather than actually try to control and babysit them all. But this is basically the divide and conquer uh, method in other words, order out of chaos. And remember the Clownspiracy episode that explains where the chaos comes from that they have to make order out of. But in this kind of darkness to light ritual, you have um, Manly P. Hall, his book, The Secret Teaching of All Ages, which is used in the Masonic system that describes the same ideology of absorbing this light and knowledge from Lucifer where you go out of the dark and into the light because they believe in a Luciferian enlightenment. And I kind of think they're trying to do this right now to the whole world. Like that's a big part of this kind of ritual going on. And what I'm seeing with all this blue stuff this summer that started really with the Azusa Street revival coming into my thought process last winter with the revivals happening in Ashbury, which is like a phoenix rising from the ashes. This is... um 
like a blue kind of enlightenment thing happening right now. Like even the liberals are kind of being enlightened to what happened with COVID and the vaccine and stuff. Like there's this, that's this, these rituals are to mind control and handle us. So how could this be dangerous? Like, what am I saying when I'm like, oh, the Azusa Street Revival, when I looked into that last winter, got me thinking about what was going to happen in the next coming months, and now I'm seeing it happen. And Nick Hinton and I have talked a lot about this. He's a contributor on the podcast, and we did three episodes that's part of the Friendship Membership. And if you want that information and also another bonus episode that I'm dropping for members on this topic with Nick. Please sign up for the friendship membership on the Let's Be Friends podcast website. It supports the podcast, keeps it going. It's only $8 a month and you get tons of bonus episodes. But if you want even more details about what I'm about to talk about, sign up for the friendship membership and you can listen to Don't Blue Beam Me, um, The Marine Kingdom Myth, which is a ritual to rebirth Atlantis, and then The Final Secret, all ties to this blue stuff. Okay, let's talk about how blue ties into the dangers of the spirit world and why opening up a giant portal to the underworld, to Tartarus, where the Titans are, could be dangerous, and this revival last winter and how that could tie into it. First, I need to talk about what a blue demon is and why they come from the underworld. So the Tomb of the Blue Demons is this Italian burial space where it was found with all these blue demons drawn on the wall. And it's one of the first places that we have records of these blue demons. And we had a revival in 1905 called the Azusa Street Revival, where people were casting out demons all of a sudden. This charismatic movement um, really restarted the three waves of the charismatic movement and azuri me azuri means the blues and the word for just blue is azuro which sounds a lot like azusa and the azusa street revival happened there that's how i kind of tied the azusa street revival to these blue demons and the excrucian tombs originally and this is going to take us somewhere so just follow me okay and ironically Azurzur, Azuzor is also where the word Azur comes from, meaning sky blue. It's also the name of the Microsoft AI platform. Azur and Azusa have very similar etymology associated with Abuzu, A-B-Z-O, which is the name of a Sumerian god that represents the primeval sea below the underworld and above beyond the firmament, as above, so below. A bizu, right? Okay, a demon that's name sounds like blue. And the charismatic revival started in 1905 in the Azusa Street. In ancient Babylon, the temple dedicated to Abuzu was called the House of the Deep Waters, with tanks full of holy water used for religious washing. This is where the Illuminati idea for a baptism or baptism ritual comes from. And I'm talking about a bathtub ritual, okay? Not a bathtub baptism like you would have with the Holy Spirit with Jesus. And if you're unfamiliar with this concept, many MKUltra musicians, Hollywood actors, and other chaos agents have often been photographed in a bathtub, which is even sometimes full of blood. And it's a ritual that symbolizes a spiritual rebirth and initiation into the occult. Only that initiation is not into the kingdom of heaven, it's into the kingdom of Babylon. So 
That spiritual rebirth is a possession, quite possibly, by the demon Abuzu and not the Holy Spirit, okay? So Abuzu seems to be another version of a blue demon, an Atlantean AI alien, or even the biblical beast and sea monster called the Leviathan. The Leviathan is a large aquatic creature of some kind. The Bible refers to it as a fearsome beast having a monstrous ferocity and great power. The Hebrew word for Leviathan has the root meaning of coiled or twisted, and it speaks uh, in Isaiah 27.1. The Bible says, Leviathan, the fast-moving serpent, Leviathan, the squirming serpent, the sea monster. So whatever the monster of the sea is or was, its strength and wild nature is well known. And the Bible even says in Job, like, Job, why are you trying to take on the Leviathan? Like the Leviathan's only for God. Only God can take on the Leviathan. And the Leviathan is like a sea creature, like the Kraken, um, or even that Hydra that everyone was saying might be in the vaccine, that little like, um, you know, bug, very, very small thing. It. Some people have a theory that that's like a very small Leviathan. The Leviathan in the occult is almost its own version of the Orboreos, which ties to the Lion's Gate and that figure eight, that snake that's eating its own tail. And in some legends, its mouth leads straight to hell. So getting obsessed with conspiracy and symbolism and never getting the answers is kind of part of these rituals, I think, to control our minds and to handle us. This makes you think of all these people trying so hard to open their third eye and activate their kundalini and uh, charismatic Christians that are like writhing on the floor and twisting around and babbling and speaking in unrecognizable tongues. It makes you feel like this could be the false enlightenment, this darkness to light, Luciferian awakening, this great awakening that's supposedly going on, which is just a Masonic Luciferian awakening. And... You see in these occult initiations and baptisms or these rebirths, these ego deaths, like people feel good afterwards. Like you may even feel like powerful, but ultimately it leads to pride and eventually madness. And the Bible tells us pride cometh before the fall. So we have the blue demons um, that are seen on the walls of the excruciant tombs. And we have the Leviathan that could be associated with the blue demons. And this is also like connected to these, this Azusa street revival where we had this charismatic movement. And um, we also have the Hindu gods to think about when we're thinking of false religious movements, because the Hindu gods are all blue skinned. You've got like Shiva, Ganesh, Krishna, they all have blue skin. Why? Why are they depicted with blue skin? Um, just like those paintings fa- found on the tomb of the blue demons. It, we see there's blue demons that exist. There's something going on with this. Even a lot of the Egyptian gods have blue skin. And the New Age talks about the blue avians, which are these, and this is just like insanity, but supposedly these alien beings, these physical alien beings that are like giant blue birds that exist. So in mysticism... And in myths, we have a lot of blue beings that existed. John D., who was basically like 007, the first James Bond, claimed that he had channeled a new but ancient living language that would unite the world, similar to the one used to create the Tower of Babel or Atlantis, and it was the Enochian language. The Masons study Enochian magic and 
um, Solomon and his magic, I guess, is the basis of Enochian magic and wisdom. And this Enochian language that John Dee, who was, you know, the original 007, he worked with um, Queen Elizabeth. He was her astrologer, her right-hand man. That's why she named him the first secret agent. He said that he channeled this language from the fallen angels that was the Enochian language. And Francis D's student, Fran- sorry, John D's student, Francis Bacon, would go on to write the blueprint for the new Atlantis and seed the English language with hundreds of new words through his secret identity, William Shakespeare, the playwright who told us the world is a stage to begin with. And English would go on to unite the world through theater and eventually Hollywood and Babylonian banking. So you think about this, what I'm saying here. We had Queen Elizabeth, who had an astrologer named John Dee, who was her channeler, her medium. She loved him so much. He was like considered the first James Bond. He channels this Anakian language that he got from the fallen angels. And the then Francis Bacon, his student, studied Anakian language, worked with John Dee, goes on to write the blueprint for the New Atlantis. And the United States is considered the New Atlantis. And Shakespeare was supposedly a ghost name, a pen name, pseudonym for Francis Bacon. And in uh, Shakespeare's plays are all these new words and all these ciphers and codes put in. And then through theater, they act out Shakespeare's plays and that eventually turns into Hollywood. And so do you see how this is kind of working? So this ties back all the way to the Tower of Babel falling when Nimrod built this tower in this one world language. I think he was trying to mind program the world. And God knocked it down. Babel means words, right? To Babel, one world language. And then here we are again, like in 1500, when John Dee lived, he channels the Sanakian language. I think he gets that language back. And it comes from the Solomonic language. It's the same stuff that the Masons are studying. And it is this language that's supposed to enlighten everybody, bring them out of the darkness. It's a hidden knowledge that God told us to stay away from. And I think it's a mind programming language that's controlling people. And that is exactly what I think is still going on today. So is this language, is this magic that people are practicing with these ego deaths, this darkness to light ritual, these bathtub um, rebirths, the new age and the psychedelics and the doors that they're opening up and bringing spirits in. And then we have this false charismatic movement that believes everybody needs to be delivered. Everybody needs demons cast out. But I don't believe that's the case at all. I believe that when you become a believer in Jesus, a follower of Christ, you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you're delivered then. You are filled with the free gift of salvation that you're saved by faith in your grace through faith, no works needed. That that alone, just your faith saves you and you're delivered. Why would you need deliverance? I do not believe that a Christian can be possessed. I do not believe a follower of Jesus or someone filled with the Holy Spirit can be possessed. So you don't, you can't, there's nothing to cast out. People that are casting out are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we know that the Bible tells us that when an unpure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. 
Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. I believe that is Isaiah 23. And what they're talking about in the Bible here is exactly what I think is going on with these ego deaths, with these um, false deliverances, with this Azusa Street Revival charismatic movement. This is what's going to tie in that Azusa Street Revival and the false Christianity movement. Are they just bringing in seven spirits worse than before? Because if you have demons cast out of you, if you're not a believer in Jesus, if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit and you have demons cast out of you and you don't fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit, what comes in instead? Seven spirits worse than before. That's what the Bible tells us. Well, in the Masonic Jacob's Ladder like kind of ritual that they they go through in their rite of passage as a Mason, there's like seven stages to this. There's seven stages in alchemy. There's So the occult rebirth, it literally includes seven stages. Is that the seven spirits coming in more wicked than itself before? Does this also tie to the seven chakras that the New Agers are trying to align and open up for their kundalini awakenings? Is this to let in demons for end times? Is this part of opening up the ocean gate and the abyss, opening up Tartarus and letting that darkness in? And is it happening kind of like right now? Because we had this big revival, a charismatic revival last winter. I do not believe that the Jesus revolution is a pure thing because I, I don't believe in deliverance. I think it's deception. I, I, I think that it's actually like bringing in more darkness. So... Now we need to take a look at the Project Bluebeam stuff and concept. And that is this supposed like CIA um, operation to stage a false alien invasion to bring the world together. And this is something there's a lot of information about. Like we have Nixon talking about this, George Bush talking about this, um, Werner von Braun. We're going to go into a timeline and all the details on this, but... It's called Project Blue Beam. So I ha- you have to think about it with all this blue stuff going on right now and like the aliens and the UAPs and the UFO conferences and disclosures happening. Now, I don't believe there are disclosures. I actually think that these declassified CIA documents are just limited hangouts where we're literally getting that kind of nine truths and a lie information that I talk about where some of the stuff they're saying is true, it's some of, you know, they're saying like, yeah, we we have this, we saw that, but we never get to see it. We never get documents on it. They show you a declassified document. It's like 75% blacked out. You're left never having the full story. But in a nutshell, Project Bluebeam is a theory that the elites are planning a fake alien invasion in the next, you know, now, I would say the coming years, but like now, to bring the world together to fight a common cause a.k.a. usher in the New World Order. And that's what all of these rituals are, I think, you know, really about to usher in this New World Order. It's all tied together. So let's look into how Project Bluebeam came about. And then once I explain this, I'm going to tie this whole concept together and explain why the final thing we really need to look at is what's going to happen on the Equinox on September 23rd. I sure hope it's not Project Bluebeam. Okay. Journalist and conspiracy theorist Serge Monstant 
M-O-N-A-S-T, came up with Project Bluebeam in the early 1990s. The theory, which rests on various claims about NASA and the UN and the so-called New Age religion with the Antichrist at its head, is making a big resurgence right now. Bluebeam has four goals. The first is to abolish all Christian traditions and religions in favor of a single religion based on the cult of man. So we are absolutely seeing a lot of trouble in the Christian religion all by design. So this is happening. Second is to abolish all national identity and national pride in favor of a world identity and a world pride. Of course, pride is part of the agenda because pride cometh before the fall. And when people have these rebirths and these rituals are done, they come out feeling very prideful. And that is connected to the Leviathan spirit. It's supposedly a prideful spirit. The third is to abolish the family as we know it today and replace it by individuals all working to glorify the one world government. This ties right into Alice Bailey's 10-point plan. Alice Bailey is one of the people who helped push the new age into modern culture. She studied Helena Blavatsky, and Helena Blavatsky was an astrologer and part of the founder of the Thelema um, religion, which Aleister Crawley helped found. And Alice Bailey is also part of the people who brought the concept of the chakras and balancing the chakras into modern culture. And I, as I was just saying, I think these seven chakras open a portal for this Leviathan spirit to come through for a quote unquote Kundalini awakening. But at part of Alice Bailey's 10 point plan that she put out, you can literally look it up. Alice Bailey's 10 point plan. One of them is to abolish the family as it is known today. It's also to abolish Christianity. Like she is literally like right in line with project Bluebeam. So Serge Monst claims that Project Bluebeam, which is supposed to be this collaborative effort between NASA and the UN, is to also destroy all individual artistic and creative works. Guess what? Alice Bailey said the same thing in her 10-point plan, that we need to debase art. One of the key tenets of Project Bluebeam conspiracy is that NASA and the United Nations want to implement a New Age religion and start a New World Order um, technologically simulated with a second coming of Christ, blue beamed into the sky. So literally, blue Project Blue Beam. Ha- it's a, there's a lot of fake alien invasion agendas going on, but the blue beam is specifically this hologram in the sky. When you compare Project Blue Beam to Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry's ideas penned in the 1970s. Two of Serge's Bluebeam claims were taken straight out of the Star Trek script. Um, it, you know, it's just wild, right? It's just right in front of our faces, like a ritual is scripted. Of course, many of the ideas may have come to, mo- to Serge uh, organically, but just 20 years after uh, Gene Roddenberry thought about them, I don't know, like Star Trek came first. So... Another weird thing is that the movie Conspiracy Theory, which Mel Gibson plays uh, the lead, supposedly was modeled after Serge Monstat, which just makes you question, like, this guy who comes up with this Project Blue Beam crazy um, hologram in the sky conspiracy theory that so many people are focusing on is portrayed as a crazy conspiracy theorist. 
to the public through movies. You have to like look at, not that Hollywood's telling the truth, but that's what they want you to believe and that's what they want you to see. And you also look at things like that's how they're handling the crowd that watches that movie. So maybe the whole Project Bluebeam narrative is just another psyop on us. Um, and, you know, all these CIA na- narratives are I'm starting to see are just clown conspiracies to handle us, just rituals being played on us to mind program and control us. Maybe the real blue beam is actually these blue demons that are coming out of these Escrucian tombs, or rather the blue Delphian guides from the underworld that guide us all to the modern day Atlantis. Is that what the new age is bringing through in their rebirth rituals? Is that what the false deliverance community is bringing through in their deliverance rituals when these seven demons worse than before come through? Is that what the occultists and the elitists are doing when they open the ocean gate and they give a sacrifice down to Titan to Tartarus and then we shoot a rocket up to the moon and when this Lion Gate portal is open, which is created when Sirius, which is the also considered the dog star and is the star in the middle of Joaquin and Boaz, the red and blue pillars in the Masonic Lodge, is in the sky during the Lion's Gate, and then we have the super blue moon happening, and then, like, are we in the midst of a giant ritual right now? Is this the blue beam right now? Because all the blue symbolism coming out, are they just, like, sending a mind virus to us? I don't know. It could just all be coincidences. (laughs) But there's also a project called the Blue Brain Project that's aiming to map the human mind so scientists can create a digital reconstruction of it. And if this is the case, the blue beam could actually be in our heads. The conspiracy of seeing a fake alien invasion may not happen in the sky. Maybe it's just conspiracy programming happening in our minds. I do. Okay, so I believe that we have demons and we have daemons. So demons are these spirits Like if you have spirit cast out or if you have an ego death or if another spirit comes into you, an actual spirit that can possess somebody who's not filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, One of the reasons that I believe that a believer cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit is when I think about how Satan entered Judas, it says this in the Bible that Satan literally entered Judas, which means he possessed him. How could Satan possess Judas if he was a believer? People would say, Well, I don't think Judas was a believer because he turned on Jesus and turned him in. Why would anybody who truly believed in Jesus, it was God in the flesh, and that is the way ever turned him in? A a non-believer did. That's often an argument that people say that a believer can be filled with a demon. I disagree. I just don't think they can. So when you think about those demons that can be brought in, we also have daemons because as above, so below. So is the AI the other half of that? The AI is like a daemon server, which is spelled D-A-E-M-O-N, daemon, and demon is D-E-M-O-N, very similar linguistically. Again, this is tying to Babel and one word language in a way. But our... The strongholds in our mind, the way that the demonic world tries to get into somebody when they can't actually get in their vessel, they can create a thought 
or drop something like all this blue symbolism, maybe all of this information, this sea of information given to us is part of the mapping of the brain that this blue brain project is aiming to do to create a digital reconstruction of it. And that actually ties into the kind of sentient world simulation. They have this synthetic environment for analysis, which is called the C's. And Purdue University is currently using this system for homeland security in the Department of Defense to simulate crises on the U.S. mainland. And they're also doing, in the sentient world simulation, they're trying to build a synthetic mirror of the real world, which is the same thing as this like blue brain mapping, where they take a look at current real situations and major events and opinions, and they try to see what would happen and like how to control that outcome. So are they giving us information to see how we respond and trying to kind of like understand our minds and our world to infiltrate it with a mind virus, a daemon server? So we have demons, real demons, and then we have this daemon kind of like thinking in our head. So let's look a little bit more at this alien concept and what's going on with it, because I'm not making a prediction, but if something's missing from this whole ritual, it would be the alien invasion. I don't trust anything that's going to come from the sky like a hologram because I really think Project Bluebeam can be pretty easily debunked. Just kind of like, shoot, just the Star Trek stuff that he copied it off of Star Trek. Um, but let's let's take a look at like a timeline of events surrounding Project Bluebeam. So in 1947, and this is by no coincidence that this all starts at 1947 because this ties right back into the occult too and the rituals because we had the Babylon working in 1946 and I mentioned with Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard where they went to the desert, they did a sex magic ritual, which was essentially like shooting a rocket at, into the moon because Jack Parsons was a rocket engineer for NASA and sex magic rituals are done with the moon involved. And after they did that ritual to birth the Whore of Babylon, 1947, we had the Roswell incident. And we had Area 51 built in 1955. And the Illuminati was founded on 5-1, if you didn't know that, and Area 51, something to question. But Project Blue Book happened in 1947. It's not Blue Beam, but Project Blue Book was an established record done by the U.S. Air Force to start a systematic study of UFOs. In 1953, a classified CAA document, which is now declassified, which was submitted by the intelligence agencies, detailed how a UFO could be used as a psychological warfare. A psychological warfare. UFO does not mean this is necessarily some kind of metal disc flying around in the sky that E.T. is going to walk out of. It's just an unidentified object in the sky. It could literally be one of these demonic spirits like coming in or a hologram like used to trick us. But either way, in 1953, the CIA literally declass put out a document um, about... UFOs being used for psychological warfare. Around 1970 is when Project Blue Beam possibly started because, you know, it's not there's it's not like a solid CIA operation. It's Serge um, Monstad's uh, theory. 
1975, the U.S. military intelligence serviceman Gene Roddenberry wrote a script. Okay, he's a U.S. intelligence serviceman. I didn't realize that about Gene Roddenberry, who wrote the script for Star Trek, and it had the basis of Project Bluebeam as its plot. The film was never made, but I think the film was used in reality um, for Project Bluebeam. And then in 1977, German and American aerospace engineer and space architect Werner von Braun spent the last few months of his life um, with cancer explaining to Dr. Carol Rosen that an alien card was going to be played by the government. So let's look at the Werner von Braun thing real quick before we go forward at this timeline. So Werner von Braun came to the United States after World War II. He's one of the people that came over with Project Paperclip, and he started working for NASA, and he was the vice president of engineering and development at Fairchild Industries. He was a chief architect of the Saturn V um, vehicle that propelled the Apollo spacecraft to the moon. Von Braun was considered the father of space travel and the father of rocket science. He was also the father of the American Lunar Program. He was also friends with Walt Disney, and he helped create rocket propaganda movies. So right here, you're going to need to take a moment and consider what you think about outer space, if you think it's a possibility, if you think it's a bunch of lies. Um, Werner von Braun has on his tombstone, I think it's Psalms 19.10, that the f- God, about how God made the firmament and that it shows his handiwork. So there's a lot of really questionable stuff about Werner, and he came here as an ex-Nazi. And, you know, he's friends with occultist Disney, who's just, like, Walt Disney's just, like, not to be trusted in my eyes at all. And he's, like, part of NASA. Like, I don't trust the guy at all, okay? But he was friends with this woman named Dr. Carol Rosen, and she was the founder of the Institute of Security and Cooperation in Outer Space, She was also part of a group called the Emergency Action Coalition for Earth Peace. Um, Sorry, Peace and Emergency Action Coalition for Earth. It's an acronym for peace. And the IDEA Foundation. And she's like a world peace ambassador trying to bring everybody together. Like this is a straight up New World Order agenda. This woman was just like not to be trusted either. So Neither Werner's to be trusted or Dr. Carol Rosen to me, but this is a script and a narrative we've been told about them. In 1977, when Werner von Braun was on his deathbed dying of cancer, he told Carol Rosen that there was a plan being concocted by the powers that be. He said this to her. Uh, She said, what is the plan? And he said, the plan is the, quote, alien card that they're planning to, quote, weaponize space and, quote, it's a big lie. So Werner von Braun tells Carol Rosen, it's on video, that this is going on, it's a big lie, on his deathbed, and then after he dies on his tombstone is the firmament, quote. So is he exposing things because he felt guilty on his deathbed? I don't think so. I think that this is just all propaganda place to us to confuse us like i literally think this guy probably gave his life to be a discordian and a clown spurious uh and just confuse us to his deathbed i just don't trust any of that stuff at all so moving forward at the timeline in 1987 this is after werner is on record 
talking to Dr. Carol Rosen about this fake space invasion that the government's planning. President Reagan explains that a United Nations meeting, I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from an outside world. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. This must be scripted as well. I mean, Reagan was an actor. Um, Yeah, not to be trusted. And then in 1991, Bush Sr. gives a speech where he states, what is at stake is more than one small country. It's a big idea. A new world order where device nations are drawn together in a common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind, peace and security, freedom and the rule of law. Out of these humble times, our fifth objective, the new world order, can emerge. And now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there's a very real prospect of a new world order. More scripted information. They're just showing us what they want. And then in 1991, ex-military serviceman William B. Cooper releases Behold a Pale Horse, which has a section that reads, Can you imagine what will happen if Los Angeles is hit with a nine earthquake? New York City is destroyed by a terrorist-planted atomic bomb. World War III breaks out in the Middle East, and the banks and the stock markets collapse. Extraterrestrials land on the White House lawn. Food disappears from the markets. Some people disappear, and the Messiah presents himself to the world. So what William Cooper's talking about here is um, basically he's kind of alluding to Project Bluebeam happening after all of the world like breaks down and these things happen. Well, crazy thing is, in 1991, Janet Morris, who worked as a consultant to the Defense Department, the CIA and the NSA, she tells us that there are these papers that promote diversifying, expanding non-lethal weapon capability for use and increased intervention in global conflicts. And later in life, she describes these non-lethal weapons as holograms. Then in 1994, Canadian journalist Serge Monstat, who we talked about with Project Bluebeam, releases the book Project Bluebeam, explaining Bluebeam theory and how it ends in a fake alien invasion and will be used to usher in a new world order. He spends the next two years giving lectures and interviews on this. 1996, the police arrest Serge Monstant for homeschooling his children and take his daughter away. The following day, Serge is released from jail and suspiciously dies of a heart attack. In 2001, William B. Cooper dies in a shootout with the Apache County Sheriff's after evading an arrest warrant for three years. Now, also, he predicted the earthquake that hit Los Angeles that was a nine. And then the New York City prediction that he made about the terrorist-planted atomic bomb, 9-11. And so he still got a prediction of World War III coming out. So is that, like, I hope that's not happening this fall, like, following all the predictions that these conspiracy theorists are saying... We had, um, you know, Janet Morris in 2004 who worked on this non-lethal weapons hologram that I was just talking about that she exposed and whistleblowed about. She appears on British television talking in depth about how the holograms could be used to project Jesus, the devil, or UFOs into the sky. Um, 2004 is also the last record of her having any employment with any government agencies. So Serge Munstadt, who wrote Project Bluebeam and like puts this whole concept about this fake alien invasion into play, dies mysteriously 
of a heart attack after being arrested for homeschooling his kids. William Cooper, who also wrote in Behold a Pale Horse, predicting everything that's happening now, 9-11, these ETs on the White House lawn, supposedly, which he's just talking about Project Bluebeam, and then he dies. Okay, they killed him too. And then Janet Morris like talks about whistleblows that they have the technology to do this, and then she's cut off from working with the government. And then in 2009, Dr. Carol Rosen gives a speech at a UFO disclosure project explaining her conversations with Werner von Braun. I don't trust her. I don't trust these UFO disclosure projects, but it needs to be said because this is a narrative playing out in a giant ritual. So now up to date, here we are this summer where we have the government declassifying UFO information and holding conferences where they're actually like telling us that this stuff is happening. So with everything that we see this last year, what is going to happen this fall is what I'm kind of looking at. And I'm not trying to stir fear or anything because I don't believe that we should fear this world. I believe we should only fear God. And I do believe that God is going to take us all through all of this, just like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He's going to be with us. He's going to uphold us. When you make the Lord your fortress, you seek first the kingdom of heaven. All else will be added on to you. God will protect you. But when you take a look at this stuff I've been explaining this last year, we had this big revival last winter, all these deliverance um, ministries being pushed into the spotlight where we have these false deliverances happening, are seven demons worse than before coming back in these people that are not filled with the Holy Spirit? We have the whole new age amping up, psychedelics, sacred medicines, ego deaths, all of these things that could be bringing in the Leviathan spirit through Kundalini awakenings, through people balancing their chakras. We have the great awakening, darkness to light ritual going on is what it is. And I do believe that this has something to do with the underworld and kind of opening up this bottomless pit that Revelation talks about. So according to Revelation 9, 1 through 12, the fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened in the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth. They were given power like the power of scorpions on earth and they were told not to harm the grass, the earth, or any green plant or tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion that stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and not find it. They will long to die, and but death will flee from them. So when this bottomless pit opens up, like this is biblical, like the, this is something that we we know about that's that's going to happen and for this bottomless pit to open up like you know is humanity ushering it in is this wicked generation that's seven times worse than before bringing it in because they're not filled with the holy spirit and they're just emptying their vessels out and allowing these seven spirits worse than before to come i don't know maybe but taking a look at this summer and the start of the solstice and the Titan going down to the underworld, the ocean gate opening up, the Falcon rocket going up to the moon, and then the uh, Lionsgate portal opening up with Sirius happening and 
being in the sky. It's the blue star. It's what the Masons worship. It's what this darkness to light ritual is all about, this Luciferian enlightenment from Sirius. And then we have the super blue moon. And then we are going to have the closing of whatever this ritual is. I'm just guessing on September 23rd, the first day of fall. So we'll see what's to come. But for now, just don't let the blues take your sanity away. Don't let the blues overtake you and take control of your mind and keep your eyes on God and keep your eyes on Jesus because that's the only comfort that we truly need. Thank you all for following me on this crazy episode. If you want more information, please sign up for the friendship membership and listen to my uh, four conversations with Nick Hinton on this topic. I'll put them all together in so that you can locate them as like a series um, and listen to all of them. It's going to go into more details on this. And as always, thank you for being a friend. <laughs>